0: Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life. Be real! Hey, baby doll. What's going on? Just singing my song. Welcome, everyone, to a mini episode, a Reeled In episode, of uh, Be Real Guys, I'm Chance Sullivan Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. And we're also recording this one, also depending on whether or not you've heard the full episode first, we're still in Nebraska mm-hmm. recording a mini-episode in my childhood bedroom. We sure are. And But no time to waste. We can't talk about
1: Monk Season 1 and 2 again. We can't. <sighs> but we can talk what about... It? We've got so much to cover in we a get nearly so three and a half much. hour <laughs> Uh, Quentin Tarantino movie,
0: the Hateful Eight, and it is a movie in the vein of the last two Quentin Tarantino movies, in the sense that not quite so directly, but the idea of a cultural revenge story is right. still very much. That's well, like every play. movie he's ever done,
1: but yeah, that's true.
0: Um, but this but specifically
1: one, like racial, racial and. Not just being a revenge movie or having these racial allegories, but also like picking apart a specific genre of film. So, if uh, *Inglorious Bastards* was a war movie, if Django Unchained* was a black exploitation film. Then uh, the Hateful Eight is a serious sort of bottle western.
0: Yeah, with a big mystery
1: that turns into. A mystery. And it turns into. You yes, wisely said a, Agatha Christie the people are Parlor dropping off like flies. Mystery of who, who is who, and who, you know. Uh, uh, eventually, the trusted. question is yeah, who can be trusted and who poisoned the coffee pot.
0: This here is Daisy Domergo. She's wanted, dead or alive, for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's Haberdasher is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. Kurt Russell is a bounty hunter traveling in a stagecoach to Red Rock, uh, Wyoming. Sure. With... uh,
1: Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer
0: Jason Lee. They pick up another bounty hunter, Sam Jackson, Mm -hmm. uh, on the road, and they're taking Jennifer Jason Lee, I guess, a somewhat notorious criminal to hang, and but they're not going to be able to get all the way
1: to Red Rock because
0: of an impending blizzard. blizzard. Yeah. So they have to stay at this. But they also
1: pick up the sheriff, the new sheriff from played by Walton Goggins. Yeah, from Justified.
0: Uh, And they have to stay at this haberdashery, Minnie's haberdashery. Uh, they got to stay the night there. Right. And there ends up being uh, a colorful cast of characters in there. Tim Roth being the Richard Harris character from Unforgiven.
1: <laughs> um, or the Christoph Waltz character from previous Schindler's <laughs> List movies. Or that. Uh,
0: Bruce Dern as an old general of the Confederacy. Yep. Uh, the return of Michael, Michael Madsen, Madsen. But not the return of his speaking voice, apparently. No. He, um, yeah. As a mysterious cowboy. And uh, Senor Bob. Senor Bob. But yeah, so it it turns into yeah, like you know, I said a like a bottle uh, movie full of definitely some really compelling interactions. Yes. That you know are all building towards something in this chapterized, chapter broken movie. Right. By Tarantino, and like what is building toward, as you know from any Quentin Tarantino movie, is an a huge explosion blood, of bl- violence. Yeah, bloodbath. Yeah. Should we start with the good... Let's start with the good things, because there are some things... There are a lot of good things. I think that the first hour of this movie contains some of the best filmmaking that he's ever done. Um, Yes,
1: some of the best stuff that we saw in, like, Django Unchained with these, like, great wide shots, like, showing this, like, sort of undiscovered America and, like, what... And, like, really conveying, like, the isolation of it, I think, is an important thing to set up for both this movie and Django Unchained... Um, but I think better than like more tasteful
0: than Django Unchained, especially because yeah. of the score. He goes back to like a spaghetti western score, yeah. and doesn't indulge in any of the um, what feels like kind of like aped black exploitation soundtrack right. movie choices, right? Um, and just there are some amazing like shots, yep, um, and like the the feeling of of those things coming together. Is like kind of unbelievable, and of course, these are all really good actors who all really like Tarantino, and so they're absolutely giving it their all in a way that is appropriately over
1: the top. But that being said, I feel like the first hour of this movie does not ultimately set up like what this movie is. Like, there is a movie somewhere like in Quentin Tarantino's brain of this sort of like western road trip movie where they like keep encountering these characters as they go a coen
0: brothers movie it's
1: like a coen brothers movie somewhere in there but ultimately the feeling of the first 45 minutes to an hour of the movie is dismissed once they show up at the haberdashery it ends up being a really interesting prologue yeah it's it's basically yeah it's a it's an hour long prologue and then we have to completely well that's the thing that frustrated me most about this movie and like i do want to be an apologist for it but the more i think about it the harder it becomes is that every chapter and that's how the movie is broken down with title cards every chapter requires you to relearn the rules of the movie mm. so the first chapter is them like on the road and like you don't think that there's they're dealing with nature they're dealing with the fallibility of like transportation uh, in the 19th century um and then you actually get to the haberdashery and then you're getting to know, you know, what this sort of situation is going to look like and just sort of imagining like what it would be like at this time for like 10 or eight strangers to like share this not private space for what may be several days because of this blizzard. Like what will that physically look like? But that's a completely different movie. And then the movie once it hits like sort of a violent note doubles back on itself and sets up this whole like crime movie about this this cr- this that's this, ending you already know that's ending you already know of this gang that's trying to save one of their members and the whole thing is sort of the setup to like what you should have known when the movie in real time was actually outside yeah. in the wagon but you don't know any of these characters so why should you suddenly like give up on the protagonists of this movie which is Kurt Russell and uh, Samuel L. Jackson who are the people you've trusted since day one and then suddenly care about people you've only heard about incidentally if at all you know an hour and 45 minutes into the film.
0: Yeah. So if yeah if you want to make edits there are two places you can make them in giant swaths right cuts and
1: then the other part of the movie that sort of resets itself is the i mean not to ruin the ending but it's a bloodbath it's a quentin tarantino movie is realizing that no matter what happens it's the 1800s medicine is not at a place where if you have some (laughs) mortal wound you're going to like there's very little shot that you're going to be okay right so you know almost an hour before the movie is over that everyone on screen is going to die
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean and where's the tension there right. like if you know everyone is going to die it just its just depending on how it happens and if it's going to be right now or if it's going to be in two days it doesn't matter yeah. so that for me is when I truly got kind of bored and kind of like annoyed with the movie because you don't really you realize you don't know anybody on screen and you're the one who's been duped and then also, you realize you, know, you knew how this movie was going to end the moment you bought your ticket.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of the things that you're getting at are just my the problems that I have with Quentin Tarantino. There's, I mean, obviously he makes indulgent movies. Like, obviously. Right. And they can be indulgent in really entertaining ways. Right. But here's the thing. This is the phrase that I kept coming back to in my head as I was watching it. He makes very serious movies but they're not serious stories. They're not important stories. In fact, he takes great glee in ruining historical stories that we find culturally to be important. So there's no reason for him to do the things that he does to black people, and in this movie, to women. There is no reason that Jennifer Jason Leigh needs to be, like, brutally beaten over and over again. It need not happen, because, like, I understand... In continuing to do these stories of the past, he has the benefit of some cool signifiers and some cool, um, like, tweaks on things that everyone thinks they know. Right. But, I don't know, he's fucking around with uh, things that people care about in a way that always seems to shake out where it's just, like, minorities and women, like, getting hurt. Well, I mean, it's... He doesn't have to do that.
1: And oh, I, it's so safe though, because it's historical fiction and he can always fall back on the idea of like, well, this is how they were treated. Even though this is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. I wonder it's if a he, bad, de,
0: it's a bad defense though. And but you, I
1: wonder if he's intimidated to make a movie yeah, that is set that. in the present day.
0: Yeah. I think he should be. I think he should, based on what we've seen, like he should be intimidated. Cause like, right. ugh. and I just get this feeling. I talked about this yesterday. I get this feeling of like perversion when I watch Tarantino movies. Yeah. Like he breaks he breaks the rules of um I guess political correctness if you want to look at it super cynically, but humanity if you yeah. want to look at it a little more honestly, because I think he thinks on some level that we would like to see those rules broken. Like he thinks he knows what I as a moviegoer want like more than I do. And that that's like what a it's kind of like a pervert, like, right. you're going to love watching this head blow up like, even if you walk around every day like, thinking, I don't want to see a head blow up like, you're going to like it
1: Yeah. Um, or just hearing the n-word over and over yeah, again yeah, hearing the
0: n-word over and over again you might be the uh, sort of person like who, I don't know who like, doesn't think that like, we all know women shouldn't be hit in the face right, but like, in this narrative context like, maybe I could make you chuckle at it and yeah. I hate that I don't yeah. try to do that to me
1: Right. I resent it. And that's the thing is like, I'm not, and I mean, I don't think you are either. And I don't think it's a matter of like censorship or a matter of like, you know, just being like wimps about the whole thing or something. I just think there's a difference between storytelling that uses these things for a narrative ends and ha- being gratuitous and it's a I problem think, of authorship honestly right but i feel like this story was so small and so easy like eight people show up at this cabin in the snow and really like you know and there's also like some somewhat unsettling like like homophobia in there too but there's no real reason that this needs to be the postbellum or sau- the postbellum frontier. Right. There's nothing in the society like out that you don't actually interact with anything beyond this. I mean, it's, That's a it's, great point. it's just Reservoir Dogs again. Yeah. It's just these
0: people and in the this things room. you liked about Reservoir Dogs. You like here, so why introduce right.
1: all those troubling elements? Right. See, with Django, I understood it because it was supposed to be this exploration of slavery. But also, like, by taking these tropes from how black actors have been portrayed in movies and in media since the inception of a particularly white-controlled Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And there's something interesting about using his filmic knowledge to do a slavery story that's not, like, a -a Disney-based-on-a-true-story white guilt movie it was a movie shot in a style that you could recognize from like sweet, Sweetback's backs, a badass song, like to like shaft or something. But in this one, I just don't feel like the story was that interesting or good or justifying of any of like his bad behavior. Like if for me, the means can, conju- or the, the ends can justify the means, but I just don't think it did here.
0: Is it the wrong like is it the wrong time to be like, I'm like a, a white dude, so I have the privilege of being like, the filmmaking is excellent. Yeah. But like filmmaking when it comes to score and cinematography and writing and performer conviction is something that like hits you in a way that's like experiential and subjective. And so, like, if you're a person who sees people like you being, like, at best, like, just utilized right. and at worst, like, abused, like, I don't blame you for dismissing the filmmaking altogether.
1: Right. What are you going to rate this? <sighs> I think after that, I got to go bad, bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm and this Maybe is good, all to bad. say. Maybe good, man. You cannot go on a tirade like that and then say, "But it's like a good piece of filmmaking." Like I feel like the fact that he picked the the laziest road into telling a story we've already seen him tell with Django Unchained and, and Reservoir Dogs, which this is basically the bastard child of. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't see how even starting with a script that's like that familiar, you can get even a good bad movie.
0: Well, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Happy 2016. Uh, You can email us at berealguys at gmail.com because this is the kind of movie that probably bears more discussion and more unpacking. Right. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at berealguys. Listen on iTunes, SoundCloud. Greg loves movies, guys. (laughs) Bye, Noah. By Chance. Move a little strange, you're going to get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet.